and two and one. How are we going? Fucking good. How are you? Very good. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Good. Happy to be here. We have a, another special guest. Is that two in a row? It's two in a row. We've done two in a row. Um, we have an amazing guest. The first female. Well, last time I checked female. Um, you haven't had any changes? Well, I, I identify as female. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's good enough. So has a penis? No, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, we have an amazing guest again this week. Uh, the very, you know what? I was about to try and pronounce your last name properly and now I'm Don't already try. scared. So I'm just going to say Mel K. Yay. Uh, welcome. <laughs> uh, it's great to have you on. Um, obviously, uh, another long time friend of mine. I think it's like over 10 years or something now. It's been a while. Wow, really? 10 yeah. years? Yeah. yeah. It was, Shit. and it was weird because, so like, whilst we, Met through like you know mutual, my mutual friends. How I met you, mm. but you were kind of like entwined in other parts of my life. Just Adelaide from, like, my things. Partner. Yeah, just absolute <laughs> Adelaide things. Yeah, um, because that was it. Comedy capers or whatever that you were doing. Something That's like how that. You knew. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a long time. Did you ever go back and do that again? No, sorry, no. No, sorry. What was that? So it's like a scouts um, <laughs> go on, drama. Justin. <laughs> type thing like where they do like a big like drama performance type thing. Is it like Wakakiri? Or that? am I getting nah maybe I'm I fucking think that, thinking of something else. You're thinking of Rocker Steadford or Rocker Steadford, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's kinda kind of like, that's like a school yeah. thing whereas this is like a we time I don't know, did you <laughs> You do it voluntarily. Oh okay, yeah, yeah fair enough. Um yeah. did so obviously I, I went to one of those performances of fucking comedy capers. Mm. Um Obviously, it was through the scouts. So, did you do normal scouty type stuff as well? Absolutely like, not. No, no, okay. Once so or this twice. Was just, so, right. I think uh, for me, and I dare say there was a few other people that would probably do something similar. Um, so, I paid for a scout membership. Oh my god! And I think I went, yeah, like once or twice. It's like an anytime. <laughs> oh fitness. wow! Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you just <laughs> so never they've got go. you on the recurring payment, but you only go for the fucking comedy cases. <laughs> for the comedy cases. Yeah, well, that, that's all I needed. Yeah, yeah, The yeah. membership. So yeah. we can safely say the only knot you've ever tied is with your very beautiful and handsome oh, boyfriend. Yeah, my um, boyfriend who, now has. When you game. when you listen to this, uh, Laurie, I'm very sad you didn't come tonight. All right, you're probably working or something, but I'm just very disappointed and. <laughs> Get to gaze upon your beautiful face. I just know him as the fading um, guy. Yeah, the, yeah. I was saying because yeah. he yeah. was like, I was like, yeah. Her husband is the guy who complimented the feedback in off the break, which is the coolest, still the coolest, it's so and good, most intricate compliment we've had on the podcast. He catches everything. He, he was does. Like, oh, I really I like the way the baritone sometimes in the voice. Um, yeah. So good on uh, you, Laurie. Yeah, big big shout out to you. Is he working? Is that why he's not? Or he's uh, just, just he hates was, us. He does, certainly doesn't hate you. Um, he hates most. Humans, yeah. um, but no, nah, not you guys. But um, I'm sure. What, what is he doing? He's working for like 68 hours today. Oh, fucking hell! Oh, wow, that's, mm. a, that's a lot a in a in a 24 <laughs> hour day. Right? Yeah. That's some wizardry. That's some wizardry. He's like pausing time and doing. Like, shit. There's not that many time zones across Australia to even make that remotely possible. He works hard. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. So you haven't got to see him too much lately. Has he been has he been away heaps or? Well, he's got the next. Um, I mean, we'll see if we. Uh, how we go over the next few days because I'm yeah going to be working from home and he's probably going to be playing a lot of cod and mm, no cod came out something. yeah a lot of people are uh, smoking something <laughs> <laughs> something completely legal and above That's board it. oh yeah because we're completely legal in this and podcast, above board aren't we? yeah that um that dry July episode that we did as well that's actually still getting a fucking caning for Is some it? reason people like our first ever episode which was garbage. Yeah. And that episode, I don't know why, but people are always listening to it. It's like, so caning in a good way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Getting yeah, around it for some reason. 
Um, so yeah, shout out to you motherfuckers listening to my dry July journey from fucking five months ago, which yeah. I'll never do again, but especially now going through this. Now it's no shit. not November. Oh, and it's gone really hard. Ever, it's really I don't difficult. Think I could ever do that. Nah, that's fucking. That's that's, 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 that's dedication. I've never even heard of no nut November. You've never heard of that. No. So there's no nut November. I don't know if the next one's a real thing, but I love the the synergy of it. So obviously, it's just like to break the porn addiction or whatever. Like this whole internet. Like I think it was like a very Reddit type thing started where guys try and like not wank or nut in any way for the entire November. And then, but can I just ask? Why? I don't Fuck know. Knows. I, I, don't I, know. I don't know. I've never I done it. You're trying to like break <laughs> a wall or something when you're done. Like you're just trying to see how much like PSI you can build yeah, up see with. See how much like, chi you can channel in. Like. Yeah. Well, because I know there's the whole like, what was it like in the American Pie movies where he like, uh, where Finch does the whole like tantric. Yeah. Like abstaining from sex to like then at the end of a however long period that orgasm that you finally have is like so mind-blowing or something. So maybe yeah. that's what it is. It could be some science, but I don't know. But don't know the funny it. thing is, is that then everyone's like, so it goes no nut November and then destroy dick December. Which uh, I like, <laughs> really? Not, I haven't yeah. heard that one. You've never heard that one? That's so <laughs> That's good. killer. Um, that's killer. So yeah. Um, how the fuck did we get onto that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, because we were talking about dry July. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Dry, oh, yeah, and your yeah. guests and how you were surprised that people listening yeah to the fucking to those original to the ogs to the ogs Mm. we're saying it like we're like 150 episodes yeah yeah yeah. that was literally like a couple of months ago wasn't that long um so yes we have an amazing guest on tonight and uh (laughs) so yeah obviously um we met each other through the mutual friends and we were hanging out and all the time i was helping you with your uni assignments um so just a jack of all trades and then um we kind of like just natural life things for a mm. while we didn't really um stay in touch too much but then over the last couple of years we've just kind of um uh, got back in contact with each other and talked about all things life and had a few beers and you've come to a couple of my stand-up shows and everything and it's just been awesome um yeah you know and now I, my life is so much better because yeah. of it <laughs> yeah well of because course. of your stand-up shows <laughs> no, just, <laughs> I, I mean the fact well yeah obviously yeah, yeah of course of course <laughs> I'll take that. Thank we'll you. Here's that. the 20 bucks. Yeah. Here's the 20 bucks I promised you <laughs> before. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we're done here. We're done yeah. here. Yeah. Um, no, but it's been awesome. So it's been good to catch up with you again. And um, yeah, so how's everything been going? What have you been up to? Give us a give us a little bit of a rundown. What's oh, been... my gosh. Well, you've timed that question poorly because I think lately anytime I ask anyone what they've been up to, um, the answer is usually nothing. Mm, it is <laughs> because... a bit That's a classic answer. Yeah, that I mean, well, it's a classic answer for a lot of people, but there's not really much you can do at the moment. So I've been working. Um, I'm really liking my job that uh, it's not a new job anymore but the most recent job that I'm now doing currently well for you in terms of like your previous jobs which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more in a minute mm. but this is still a short time of starting something new for you isn't it mm. considering yeah, some yeah. of your other uh very lengthy tenured yes. um, positions yeah so you're loving it yeah uh yes yeah no they they are awesome my new team um and the actual role itself I'm really really passionate about it so that's exciting it's, i could have said my job sucks and yeah <laughs> yeah, well, that's but it, yeah. It, yeah we've actually found ourselves talking about this a lot lately we were literally doing it last week with andy as well and that it makes such a difference when you are because sometimes you don't even know that your job is 
get like bumming you out or getting you down mm, or like yeah. affecting your anxiety or whatever it is. Like sometimes I hope you're listening, Laurie. Because um <laughs> because you are it's just what you've got to do. And so yeah. because you always have that natural like, oh I've got to go to work. So then yeah. when shit is fucked at that job or whatever, you sometimes don't notice how much of an effect that that's then having on your when you finish work or before you get up and go to work or on your weekend until it's like it is with relationships sometimes as well. Like when you get in a good one, you're like, wow, that was fucked. Like yeah, that was yeah, an actual character, dude. It's funny yeah. that you say that because that's ex- the exact thing that I was thinking. And, you know, I, I love to use if I'm, you know, going to social work the entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, talking about normalizing certain behaviors and, and feelings. And, you know, you could do the same with, you know, you guys obviously know a fair bit about mental health. Same deal. If your normal is a series of, of low, low, low days, you forget the feeling of, of not feeling like that. Yeah, that's and it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's such yeah. a good way of thinking mm. about it. And it's it's crazy because like and everything is just so like life is just so fast moving and chaotic yes. that it's hard to sometimes, you know, you think about how long we work every week as well, right? Yep. And then you have such a short time to reflect on it that by the time the weekend rolls around, you normally just block it out anyway mm. and then worry about it when that alarm goes off on Monday morning and then you just rinse, repeat over yeah, and over again. You One get the, conditioned to it almost, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then it just becomes like a thing. And then the whole like fear and anxiety of having to change because then you start thinking like, what if I replace this with something worse or whatever? So then you almost yes. like stay because it's familiar and that you're at least comfortable. So and then it just becomes this big revolving door. But it's yeah. like when I so I um I don't remember what I was doing before it, but I I started a job at Optus doing sales and like sales wasn't for me at all. Like I'm not a ruthless salesman. Like I'm way too nice. I'd just been doing customer service shit where there was no sales stuff involved for already years doing insurance because you can't really sell people insurance for things they don't have, right? So there's no real targets for like um, selling things. You just had to obviously, you know, do a good job with Mm. whatever they needed insurance for. So going into like sales, I realized how much I wasn't a salesperson at all because I just couldn't sell old Nana Ethel four mobiles on a fucking plan. Yeah, that's it. A hundred dollar a week plan. Yeah, dude. And that was like the thing. They would be like, "Why?" That was an opportunity. I'm like, "She's about to die like tomorrow." Yeah, like, yeah you can yeah. literally hear. And then her. it sucks their family into a fucking contract. Yeah. And shit. Then you end up oh. dealing with what I do now, which is obviously like dealing with the complaints and stuff. Yeah. But so then I moved out to doing tech support, and because the move from sales into tech support was so much better for my skill set. I was not really paying attention to how shit the work environment was mm. and the management and everything was in the new role. They were bo- It was bad across the board, but because I was still doing something better, I was like not noticing how much it was actually fucking draining me or bumming me out that there was like no – like focus on development of us, like we were poorly trained, like we just felt like Mm. we were thrown out to the sharks. And then I got made redundant from that position and like I was again then still like even upset that I'd lost the position that now in hindsight since I've started doing something I've loved, I've looked back and gone, well, that was shit. Like thank fuck they let you go and paid you out. But at that time I was just fucking panicking about it. So it's so funny to think that we're – and like we were saying with Andy in that last week, like so often we don't even realise that we're in this like rut or whatever until you're fucking out of it. Yeah, Yeah. and we could get so deep into that really. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell us exactly what you do then? Like exactly what you do? Because I know you touched on it just a sec before we went on air here. But like, well, take us through like a day to day. Yeah, like, yeah. Give us doing? a day in the life. <laughs> a day in the life. Uh, 
So I get up in the morning, I remind myself that I need to be particularly patient as I do every morning because I uh, work with some very challenging people at times. Uh, Yeah, so people ask me, what does a social worker do? And I always respond with, I don't know, and I laugh, and they think I'm being funny, but um, no. It's very broad, though, yeah, isn't it? Okay. Like, there's so many yeah. little facets. Well, I was of- I was just talking to Laurie tonight. Tonight, whatever, one of those days recently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's been smoking some of that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. Oh no, remember, there's 64 hours in 24 <laughs> yeah, hours, so right. she doesn't actually know. Could have been any day, <laughs> yeah, any right. month. Yeah, back so- in 1856, <laughs> me and Laurie. <laughs> so social workers basically play mum for people so someone would have an issue and the thing is social workers work in a whole bunch of areas so for me I'm in the disability sector but um you know we do homelessness uh the criminal justice system we're in hospitals we're all over the shop we're at schools Uh, so people who are just generally struggling with uh, something whatever (laughs) so yeah I don't know finances uh education um their job, basically anything. So obviously some would be harder than others. Like I would assume that someone who's worried about their job would be a lot different to someone who's like homeless or someone Mm. who's just like got out of jail for like, you know, assault with a deadly weapon or something like that. I would, yes. I mean, it's a spectrum really probably in, in in any part of the sector. So I think for me, what I'm finding really interesting in my, uh, current role is we work with a lot of people with quite significant um, psychosocial disabilities. So, okay. you know, some of these people don't even recognise that there even is a problem. Right. Or, uh, you but know. That would make it really hard then. If yeah. they don't even recognise <laughs> that there's a problem and you're sitting there going, hey, this is the problem and yeah. they're going, fuck are you talking about? Well, actually, maybe I should have reworded that. So it's not that they, you know, because we don't tell people that you have to come and see us so people come to us because they want help but they will often struggle to identify what the the issue actually is okay Mm. so um you know and especially if you know you drag like an intellectual disability or something like that into the picture along with i don't know abandonment issues and an abusive relationship or whatever all that kind of stuff yeah it's um, – and I'm, I'm going to say it multiple times. I'm going to try and not oversay it. But I love the, you know, you can't see the forest for the trees, that thing. Who did that? What's that song? You can't see the forest. I think that's used in about just about yeah, every, every emo song. Every like, emo song. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so it's almost just kind of an extra set of neurological pathways working through someone's problem with them. Yeah. So we can't – you know, diagnose anyone or change the system or basic we, – we can't do anything. That's what I was going to say, which isn't true. But we have to work down the same pathway that these people are trying to navigate themselves and so we just kind of do it with them. Yeah, sure. So supporting them to navigate the sector or yeah. to access services. But that's like proven to be like a positive thing as well. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't have all this psychology and all this study saying that, hey, just talking to someone about it, someone who knows how to how to talk. I sort of assume most of your job might be like how to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and your I think approach, that's the... Which wouldn't be the same for a... You could have someone with the exact same almost like, you know, backstory and possibly let's like, say intellectual disability 
and they're the same age and the same situation and yet what you would have to do to tailor your approach to them mm. could be monumentally different from a person who has the exact same like paper. If you know what I mean? Like yeah, if, yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah. if you looked at them on paper, they would look identical and yet you'd have to then go, all right, well, I've found with this person I do this and it and it I get good responses. Yeah. And then with this person I do something completely different and I get good responses. And that would yeah. be a lot of the challenge is that you can't write a handbook for Definitely. how to deal yeah. with those with those kinds of and things it, and challenges. It is funny that you say that because um, you know, I'm the best at shitting on myself. <laughs> like I never think highly of anything that I do ever. Which is dumb. Just yeah. Yeah. inherently <laughs> dumb. But. but it's good it is good to rip on yourself. Yeah. Or like it's fun. But, but. It's good to keep yourself grounded. <laughs> yeah, that's not. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm getting a lot better at that. And so one thing that I know now that I am really good at is I could probably talk to literally anyone. Yeah. <laughs> anyone. I mean, I could talk to a pile of rocks and probably have pretty positive have a interactions. Nice yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, uh, I was about to say it doesn't take much to be a social worker. It actually takes a hell of a lot to be a social worker. But mm. um, I think the crux of it to be a good social worker is just being able to allow people to feel heard and give them an opportunity to actually have like a valuable conversation with someone about what – and I think, you know, we live in a society where people are really good at telling people what their problems are. Mm. Yeah. So – and that's just the nature of the way our society is. But, you know, if you're not giving the person the opportunity to actually tell you what their reality of the issue is, then how are you meant to fix their problem? Yeah. So oh, it's a lot of listening, so, yeah. a lot of trying not to judge – Mm. And a lot of trying to identify how, how you're going to talk to this person, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And it must be, it would be something where you have to just be so good at removing all ego and all perception from, again, you were saying about the societal side of things where you just have to be like, treat every person as an individual that can be an absolute range of anything. Mm. And instead of pigeonholing or believing that you have it all figured out before you've given things a chance and then, yeah, as I said, just removing all ego or whatever from yeah. it so that you are like a blank slate for that person to then paint a canvas mm. that you can help them. And with the way like, that that's really applicable, so, for example, you know, I work with just for the nature of the cohort of people that seem to access our service. There's, you know, people who might have um, like schizophrenia or something like that and if they don't identify with that, then who am I to say, you know, you have schizophrenia, which is why yeah. you're feeling this way or that's yeah. why you're receiving this information in this particular manner. If they don't identify with that, then, you know, all I can do is listen to their issue from their perspective. And so if the issue is that they don't feel like people are listening to them, it's not, you know, for me to tell them, yeah, it's because, you know, you're threatening them with, Yep. A knife or whatever. <laughs> you know, it's not for me to do that. It's for me to kind of be like, well, you know, like I understand that you don't feel like people are listening. So, what can we do to help you feel heard? Yeah. Really. So, one of the things that I always feel, and you, I want you to absolutely correct me if you think this is wrong, but I feel like there are, there is a crossover between things that we are, that we can be diagnosed with from a, like a doctor level that is, sometimes relative to situation or position in life or surroundings or whatever it is that I don't feel gets talked about enough. Like I feel like sometimes people have this blanket thought of like 
uh, I've been diagnosed with this or, or this seems to be a thing. And that's just a thing that happened that I had no control over or no one around me had no control over, which is, I, I 100% believe is true to a certain degree. But I feel like that there is an aspect or a layer or a gray area that we don't talk about enough where like some of the things that end up being diagnosed as something could have actually been avoided if these factors weren't Mm. present in someone's life as someone who's on the front line do you feel that there is an aspect of that I think there I mean if I'm understanding your question and whether this response relates I think there is um severely a overdiagnosis of issues now in terms of labeling things like you know we've got Mm. kids in primary school where you know most of them now have some sort of label of diagnosis for whatever whereas you know maybe in our generation or the generation before like it was just an annoying kid and yeah, you know yeah. kids are annoying because it's difficult yeah. growing up yeah. you know being yeah. surrounded by this whole new world that you've got to kind of navigate and discover like I'm sure I was annoying as a child but oh, now I'm like so annoying yeah <laughs> I, I believe that <laughs> but <laughs> now you like there is a label for for basically everything and um you know I might have people that I work with that wouldn't feel the same as I do but I I think that sometimes you know it's it's better to not have a label for something because it almost gives mm, I don't want to say excuse it's not an excuse for behavior but it mm, it, fo- it fosters that victim mentality sometimes yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah, yeah and, and I, I was about to I'm so glad you said that because I was about to literally say like that's the issue that I have with it is that when people have that they're like well you know this is just happening because of this thing that I've been yeah. told where it's like you if you look at, you know, the, there's so many people who don't let things that have happened define them, which we're going to get into more <laughs> in a moment. But, um, yeah, like when you see so many people that like, you know, uh, are born without a arm or hand or whatever and like don't let whatever that is define who they are as a human being, I feel that we're seeing the reverse of that in this whole overdiagnosis society yeah. that we live in now where people are absolutely letting that label define mm. them um, and it's detrimental to their own outlook, their own interactions with people or whatever, which is just a painful thing to see because um, I just don't think it's necessary. I think that there are absolutely 100%, you know, things that are happening and, and things that people are suffering from but I think if we let ourselves be like, well, this is me now and there's no growth to be had and there's mm. nothing that I can possibly do to to make the quality of life better or whatever, that we're just limiting ourselves like so much by, and by I, doing that. I think that's um, – I mean you can tell me to stop talking about disability any anytime, but um, <clears throat> I think that's a, a systemic issue where, you know, we've got the introduction of the NDIS which has so- solved a lot of issues for a lot of people. However, you've got to prove that you have an issue – in order to access any services these days. Right. And so, you know, and you've got to meet certain eligibility criteria to access NDIS funding and some services, you know, you, you just can't connect to them unless you are a participant of the NDIS. And so therefore maybe someone that might have had an issue and, you know, quote unquote issue before now has to get a diagnosis for that issue because otherwise how are they going to connect yeah. to services? Yeah. Do you feel it might, might be like the same kind of thing, you know, how with homeless people, they're homeless and they're like so hopeless in their whole situation, they go out and they commit a crime because they know that being in jail they'll get fed and they'll get housed. Oh, yeah. Do you know, oh, that's obviously the extreme version. Do you think that there's 
people that would be like, all right, well, I know I've got a problem, but this this is these this NDIS thing is like cutting me off. Now I'm gonna have to go do something extreme. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's pretty interesting for me that you say that because you know, it's it's evident having worked in the sector. So I used to work, um, like I would build NDIS plans for for people who had already met access criteria, but it was almost encouraged to talk about, um, you know, all of your deficits and, and how bad you are at, at life in general Okay. because it's measurable, it's right? Yeah. right? Well, I mean, so the thing is the more of an issue that you have or the more challenges that you have, you gain access to, you know, more funding and more services. So it's almost forcing people who might, you know, have otherwise probably already been vulnerable in terms of their mental health now have to, you know, sit in a room full of people and shit on themselves to kind of justify, yeah, certain levels of funding. See, I find that so bad. And mm. it's 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 and it's also because then that can lead people down the path of all right, well now I'm gonna need to go to a psychiatrist and get prescribed something Absolutely. as well. And then that's when we start dipping into that whole like opiate problem and mm-hmm. you just yeah, I don't know. It seems like it's one big like revolving door almost sometimes. And it's you- so interesting. Sorry, I cut you no, off there, Justin, right. but it's interesting it's that you say that because um, I, you would have thought that it was really uncommon, but I've got two people at the moment who their issue is that they tried to prove that they were so, um, impacted by their psychiatric conditions that as a result of the mental health sector, they've now been met with all these labels that they no longer want to be a part of. Right. But, you know, once you've been diagnosed with something, especially if it's a, you know, severe psychiatric condition, the minute that you say, no, 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 like that's not a thing anymore and that that's not me, yeah. who's going to believe you? That's like it's it. just a delusion of persecution yeah. or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then there's the flip side, which is like my dad who um, had to struggle for two years to get access to the funding even though soon as he – and it was all about the people that he was speaking to. Like he just was on the wrong path and, and dealing with the wrong people and then as soon as he got onto someone who understood – and took the time to actually understand what it is that had happened to him and whatever, mm. and then he's had no issue. And now he's had access to all of these amazing yeah. things. But, like, there was a two-year journey to get there. And as I've spoken to you about before, you got to think about how many people that wouldn't be suffering the same way my dad is that would mm. just get the right person or have the right story or almost whatever yeah. and would get access to the funding and then you've got someone who genuinely needs it. Um, you know, my mum's already been his carer for that long and, like, he really struggles with just everyday things and yet it was such a hard process. And it, um, again, is, you know, I keep saying it very interesting that you say that and you, again, can cut me off at any time. But it's funny that you say that, not funny, but so people who, you know, perhaps don't necessarily need, aren't as vulnerable, and I'm using the word vulnerable generally, so, you know, you're thinking of people who maybe have no informal supports or no... Um, I don't know, money. <laughs> so if you've got an issue and you need to provide supporting evidence to an agency that you have a disability, the people who have access to money to go and see a whole series of different specialists and, you know, go and see the best of the best to get the right sort of justification to hand over to the NDIS to say, look, I am actually disabled and here I am and look at all my, you know, the measure of my disability, I've already done the work for you. 
they would have no issues. But they are the people who probably have, you know, a whole bunch of people around them that can support them, maybe an endless amount of money to go and see all these different, you know, specialists that might charge $200 an hour. But what I do in my work now, we have a lot of people who either are, you know, on the brink of homelessness uh, or have no one around them or just have generally fallen through the cracks who aren't connected to anyone. And, you know, I throw the word disability around pretty easily because that's just where I work. But, you know, they are visibly disabled. However, because on paper they don't have something to say this person is disabled and they have XYZ disability, they can't access any services. So it obviously sounds like that they've done this revamp of this whole system, this whole structure, and they've made it easier for some ways and harder for others, but it's Mm. not like... From what, from what it seems like, it's not a fair judgment. Yeah, I mean, it's still in in its infancy, yeah, I was and say, it's so only been around for a few years. Yeah, yeah, like I feel optimistic that once it works, it's going to be really valuable in terms of you know the comparison to the old system. However, you like anything would have to get through you know a series of mistakes to find sure. out what works, and yeah, yeah we're, we're still working through that at the moment. Oh, look, I mean, you look at Centrelink and just the dole or whatever in general, and you've still got a system that is inherently broken and it's existed oh, yeah. for a lot longer than yes. the NDIS. So you're always going to have people that are trying to that are getting rejected on on a fair basis, and people that are getting approved on a basis that they. Yeah. The you difference know, with that is again. social stigma, though. With disability, everyone's un- 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 unanimously going, disabled people need the help. Whereas with Centrelink, they're like, nah, you're just a fucking lazy doll bludger that yeah, can't get out. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's why no one's pushing for it with that. I guess there's a little bit of that, though, in the disability sector as well, where there's almost that whole, like, you're not real. Like, do you find that a little bit where there's like a little bit of like, is that really something that you need support for kind mm, of thing as well? Like there would be a bit of that. Right. Yes. So okay. yeah. there's like, you know what I mean? And that's the thing is that soon as you're, soon as you have something that requires a set of criteria or something to be met, you're always going to have that gray area yeah. of like, and again, what you'd look at someone physically or look at someone on paper and Deem is going to be very different to what mm. Warren, who's been doing it his whole life, mm. to what Jan, who's just optimistic and moved into it and wants to help everyone. You know, yeah. that level of cynicism or whatever is going to vary massively between people. And I guess mm. that's where it's going to ma- is going to make it hard, is because, like I said with my dad, it took him to get onto the right person for mm. everything to go through, and it wasn't like that person was like, oh yeah, I just get everyone through. Do you know what I mean? Like they just yeah. took the time to be like, okay, so hold on a second, so talk me through the accident that happened, why, what it is that you're, you know, the position that you're in now. Okay, so you were forced to stop working at this amount of time. All right, you haven't been able to work for this long. These are the struggles you have every day. These are the things you're trying to do to help yourself already and that you would benefit massively from mm. having the support. Like it just no one was taking that time before. It was just like get a note from your doctor, which they were doing, and then they will be like, yeah, it doesn't really seem like enough and, mm. and, and saying that he wasn't accepted. So I think that's where, again, you know, time will help because the people that are, I guess, employing people to then do those things are going to get better at finding the right people Absolutely. who are going to identify the right things. But It's all in the education really, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's that's, all yeah. – because if you've got people that are educated that know what to look for, how to look for it, how to treat it, then the people that have actually got the, the worst problems can get the highest level of care. Mm. The people that just need someone to talk to can have someone to talk to. But yeah. I guess is the, the more the system can kind of like hone itself in, the, the better it's going to get. And education on disability, which is such a good segue into brain injury. But um, 
yeah, prior to that, like I think there is a lot of pretty, you know, obvious disability out there and invisible disability. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like what we yeah. said before. That, that, that's the the upside and downside of it, right? As we learn that, um, you know, mental health issues or even intellectual disabilities and things like that have such a it's not a like a one size fits all kind of mm. thing where you're just like you have this thing because there's a spectrum within every spectrum kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. But that's where the problem. So the the advantages of like being identified down to a very particular set of thing like no you are uh, you you know appear to be struggling from this which is like this particular thing. Mm. Like but then when you've got a, a thousand label. labels you want to give them to it. You know what I mean? Like you're yes. handing them out like candy at fucking Halloween as yeah. opposed to like <laughs> before where it was like you know almost you had to meet a specific set of criteria to be diagnosed as this. So if you weren't quite there, you weren't getting the light version of that. You know what I mean? You weren't mm. getting, oh, so you're just this. Sort, you know, like, and so that's the problem is that as we learn more, we're then so keen to be like, look how much we know about this. That's why yes. you're this thing that fits in this. So I see that um, a lot. Yeah, it's, it's, there's always a flip side or I guess a, you got to look at the reverse of what the positive out of being able to like, more closely identify what people are struggling from than when you're handing out something to everyone. Mm. And again, you know, it's subjective. What I could walk into a doctor's office and say, these are the things I'm struggling with, even if I'm not really, mm. and then get handed that shiny diagnosis that I'm looking for, you know, yes. which is a scary part about it is that we as humans are becoming more aware of that as well. Um, and you already know, like, you know, with, as you were saying before about like painkillers and whatever, like people are willing to go to fucking extreme lengths to mm. do whatever they need to do to get their thing. So if you guys you know. need endone, I've got an endone. <laughs> oh, well, then I'll, I'll add you on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. So the other question I wanted to ask you was um, before we go on a break, cause I'm going to come back and get fucking hectic in the second. It always gets hectic in the second. half. It does. And it, it is going to get real hectic today, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, you, when I was helping you with your course back in the day, mm. was that that was social work stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, so I did my bachelor of social work. So, from a very like, what was it that because we know we're talking about almost there, not the end of your journey. That sounds bad, but like we're talking about <laughs> you in a position now where you've gotten to a job that you enjoy, and obviously there's been some trials and tribulations over the years. But what was it that I mean, you kind of seemed to know that you were interested in it from a very young age, so. Um, I'm interested to know what was the motivation from or getting into a course as early as you were getting into it. Mm. Um, what was it that drew you to the the industry? Um, I could spend six hours talking about it or I could put it pretty simply. So uh, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people as I was getting near the end of year 12 and I was like, shit, what am I actually good at? Uh, people the general feedback was like, oh, you know, well, you could basically talk to anyone really. Like, you know, what we were saying before, I could talk to a pile of rocks. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know much about jobs in general. I knew I didn't want to be a nurse. Thank you, mum. <laughs> and I knew that I uh, was pretty good at, at talking to people. So I naturally thought of psychology Turns out I wasn't smart enough. They had a pretty high TER at the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I dropped that idea and kind of had a bit of a look around at what my other options were and, yeah, leaned towards social work. And I'm, I'm actually so much happier now, I think, in terms of the fact that, you know, I've gone down this pathway where 
you know, I see outcomes for people. I see, you know, measurable achievements and it's really great for me to be a part of that as people, you know, as individuals are working towards achieving these certain goals. Whereas, and I'm not a psychologist, so I'm not going to, you know, poo on them. But, but there's an aspect of that in your job. Oh, of course. Sure. Yeah. It would, would have to be. And I just see yeah. a lot of people and, you know, my clients and my friends who they just don't get a lot out of psychology. And it's amazing for some people. It really, mm-hmm. really is. And then there's other people that just don't, you know, they're just not in a place to receive that. It's very, from my understanding of it as well, is like it's kind of, it's very like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not regimental, but like going and seeing a psychiatrist is like a very, like intense Psychologist thing. I'm going for, but yeah, yeah psychiatrist yeah, well, yeah. super, yeah. Um, yeah. Even that, I would like, never have made like, that. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like it's a very intense process doing it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like if you find some pathway to have that kind of approach or that thought process, but it's in a very laid back way, mm. you can get a heaps better response out of the person. Yeah. Um, and because, I do psychology really as part yeah. of my role anyway. Yeah, you would you know, be because you're talking to people trying to figure out problems. So. Yeah. So you're in yeah. a position where even if I'm doing something practically with someone, that's often when they feel most comfortable to then talk about, you know, a whole series of issues that they have. And I'm certainly not a psychologist, um, but, you know, at that stage I am put in a position where I kind of have to apply psychological strategies. To yeah. yeah, especially to someone that would have a mental illness, like a, a, a serious mental illness like schizophrenia mm. or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. wouldn't have to talk to someone like like who has that condition differently to say us. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because we've definitely got some mental <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm already diagnosing you guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. As we go on. She's like, and you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Uh, you're a fucking idiot too. Um, <laughs> because it's interesting. Like, obviously, you've even said it to me before. And it's still something that I'm I'm very much like. I was even just looking on Seek randomly the other day. And it wasn't anything to do with, with the social work. But it was like it was working, doing like admin type stuff for a company that was completely around mental health. And I was like, mm. I want to eventually, um, you, you know, would so I would love to move into something that I, you know, at the moment I love what I'm doing, but I don't love the purpose of it, right? I don't feel like that there's a passion for the industry. It's just yeah, you don't feel like you're helping, helping humanity move that's forward. That's right. Yeah. And <laughs> that's what I, I want to feel like that I'm, even if I'm not a social worker or a, um, psychologist or whatever, like I want to be doing working for a company that I have a passion for the work that they do. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Even if I'm not necessarily part of what they're doing, but just to feel like I was contributing in some way to a company that is actually doing great yeah, work. Yeah, make, making world. a change. Even yeah. that is something that I just I want to see myself doing in the mm. future. So what do, what do you see yourself doing in this role in the future? Sorry to cut you off. No, you're right. What do you see? So so where where do you where would you want to go in the future with this job? With this, well, this, maybe not necessarily this exact position, but like this kind of field. What's the what, what, what's the what's the penultimate yeah? What's the penultimate thing you would, thing you would do? want to do? I told you we're gonna ask some hard questions. Yeah, something that I've been leaning towards. So I want to go back and study, which is so weird for me to say because I was never a studious kind of person. Yeah, I finished my degree and I was like, screw that. Later. Yeah, later. I ain't doing this shit no more. Yeah, so yeah. then I started um, my master's of project management, then died and yeah. had to stop. So I then 
you know, have been deliberating a lot lately over what I want to go back and study. And I think I was actually wondering about whether or not I should do a PhD on the impact of invisible. I'm trying to think if I'm even asking a question. What am I passionate about? Something like that. Anyway, the impact of <laughs> I'll just make my own question. Your brain up. tick over just like having your own little conversation. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hold a minute. What, what was the question? <laughs> uh, so yeah, the impact of invisible disabilities on you know people's mental health and their capacity to engage in their community and yeah. you know their capacity to sustain employment. So from a more scientific way or from more like further down the path you're currently going? I haven't or? worked that out yet. So and also a PhD is a lot of work. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah. if I should do that or if I should just go and finish my master's of project management. But, yeah. Um, Either way, two very cool yeah. like, ways it to It sounds think about. impressive, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I'm impressed. Um, yeah, I'm impressed too. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, let's have a break All right. and let's come back and get fucking hectic as we always every second half. <laughs> every second half we're gonna get yeah, we're gonna get hectic. Intense, it's gonna though. be a hurricane. Oh, Even though that was pretty like that was pretty bold. Like that was yeah, a that lot. Was, yeah, that 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 <laughs> the level of waffle was fairly low. Oh yeah, well, it's it, it's very tamed back. Oh then like what were we talking about? Fucking no nut November. No nut we November, like, yeah, that's it. The fact that we've segued from that into like very serious <laughs> social work intricacies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so we'll see on the other side. The little way, blue flag. The second one was way sexier. Even if the first one doesn't make the cut, it was. And we're back. Yeah, g'day. I'd, I've lost the smoky. We used to talk about that so much. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, pretty yeah. non-smoked now. You know why? Because you you're fluent with the idea of having this recording now. Yeah, it's not. I'm not thinking about. You're not thinking recording. about it. When I first start, and I used to, like my on-stage voice, and then when I started doing this podcast. I'd be like naturally smoky, like mm. yeah, get out. I've seen and, it. And now it's Friday. So now, now I'm just like fucking get out, concerts, <laughs> go in the opposite direction. Let's see, it gets higher every year. Um, <laughs> I love it. Like our breaks are always getting fairly. When we first started, we'd have a break and we'd like actually fucking chill out for a we second. We didn't even now originally. Like, we didn't even originally plan to have breaks. No, I don't even know why we. Started well, I like to get up off these fucking chairs every now and then because I'm a six foot five absolute man. You're knocking the chairs. Normally, I need to piss. You're knocking the goddamn chairs. I actually did need to, and I didn't because you went. And now maybe I'm going to regret that over the next thirty minutes. Oh, that's all right. I've never left mid recording. We'll we'll, we'll take it from here. You can go. I'm not going to piss for forty (laughs) five minutes. Um. All right. So we said we're going to get hectic in the second half, and we fucking sure are. And to be honest with you. This like I wanted to have you on the podcast just because you're amazing, but obviously I wanted to talk about this, but I also was like totally prepared to not talk about this because it's fucking insane, like to me, just to even fathom what has happened. But then one of the things, and I talked to you about it literally today, was that I feel like you are just incredibly nonchalant about this whole entire fucking thing. I don't even know how to say, but let's talk so, about yeah, explain what explain exactly what happened, Mel. Because yeah, yeah, you j- give us your J-Man, version. Jamin roughly told me like the v- a very outline, and it sounds fucking hectic. So tell us, tell us what the deal is. Uh, okay, well, I'm gonna assume that you're talking about my accident. Yay. Yeah. Oh no, no, we just meant that new car you bought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I drove it here tonight. It's great. Um, <laughs> it does look pretty cool. Yeah. What is it? What is it? 
Uh, oh my god! It's oh, we're a... leaving people on the biggest cliffhanger. Yeah, right? Right. This is so good. Let's <laughs> tangent. So Let's tangent for twenty minutes and just <laughs> yeah, have people yeah, be yeah. like, "What the fuck happened?" It's <laughs> like, yeah, I stubbed my toe. No, the accident is was... she bought the wrong car. <laughs> yeah, and now she's pretending that she likes this one. Uh, so it's a a what is it? An R? A what is it? Volkswagen R? Is it oh, so she loves it clearly. <laughs> is it, is, it, is it a Golf R? Yes. The, the, yeah. the, the fast hat. The yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's killer. the thing is, I, like I don't those. know anything about cars. Laurie yeah. does. So you can ask him. He, well, he's made the right had, decision because they're good cars. It's had yeah. a shitload of stuff done to it, presumably. Yeah. It goes quick. Um, I don't know how to fill it up because I never do. So You don't know how to fill it up? Well, it's got like, a, it's because it's, so we've got two golfs now. I okay. love my blue TDI. It's amazing. I drove to like. Yeah, that's the last one. I yeah, that's the one I remember. That's the one you picked me up from the city when we had curry and wine that night. Yeah, like, curry yeah, and yeah. wine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had a seat. Like I just hung out with like six girls, and yeah. we were just eating curry, curry and, and drinking wine, wine yeah. and I just became vaginally endowed for this night. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the golf I'd be a lot quicker than the TDI then. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's great. Uh, I don't know, Laurie, because he's, yeah, the car nut bought it and was like, this is sick. And then a week later he's like, I don't really like it. Oh, so, what? Oh, I think he does like it. but Yeah, but, they're uh, really good cars. Mm, yeah. That's all I'm going to say about cars. Yeah. yeah. So do you still have the other one as well? We've got the two golfs now. Okay. And yeah. He, oh, yeah. It, did he sell his amazing car? If he's listening car? to this, we're really sorry, Laurie. Yeah, he's yeah. still mourning. Wow, what was yeah. the other one that he sold? Oh my god, I don't know. It's a, it a, a an F six U. Oh yeah, the, the Ford. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it had a shitload of stuff uh, done to it. It was beautiful. So it oh, made some damn. noises and went quick. <laughs> made some noises. Yeah. The yeah. most female description. Yeah, I know, right? It's the R that mm. makes noises and goes quick. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Fucking so. <laughs> so yeah, back back to. Um, well, we'll 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 build up slightly. So, first of all, uh, how the fuck did you get into that? Because this was never. I'd known you for a long time, and you'd never done it before. You'd never done it while well, I'd known you. Or if you did, we're talking about my once. recreational activity. Yeah, we are. Besides ketamine, such, yeah, besides ketamine, <laughs> which we're going to get to again shortly. Yeah, Trank me later. Um, yeah, when did you start getting into? How did you get into skydiving? I've yeah, said it now. Skydiving. So I did a like a tandem jump somewhere in Europe when I was doing the Europe thing that people do, um, and I thought, yeah, this is kind of sick. I'd love to do it again sometime. And then as life happens, I think I blinked, and then years went by, and. Then, yeah, eventually I think I kind of got to a, like a bit of a quarter-life crisis and I was like, well, shit, if I'm going to get my skydiving licence, I should probably do it now. So I did. I went through the process of getting my skydiving licence. So just quickly pause there. What the fuck is a skydiving licence? Yeah. Is that so you don't have to pay every time? So you can just literally – You still – Well, you pay but you don't have to like so go with someone else kind of thing? You yeah, can so, actually skydive. Yeah, so right? uh, skydiving, yeah, independently to other people. So you're on your own. Yeah. So you still have to pay. It's. I, I mean, I kind of look at it. It's like a – you have to pay for your flight up into the sky. So it's like paying for an Uber to get, you know, a few thousand yeah, feet sure. up. Yeah. Um, and then you jump out <laughs> and you're on your own. You ideally pull your chute and things go fine. So, it's, yeah, it's a bit of a – it's a process to get your license, but not as much of a process as I thought it probably should be. So how many, how many yeah, jumps right. you need to do in tandem? Oh, what before even? You can... Oh, you you don't have to do any 
tandem jumps. Oh, okay. Yeah, so because I'd yeah, done. Yeah, so yeah, weird process to yeah. get a license <laughs> yeah. in. It's like, no, you literally just walk in and be like, <laughs> hey, I want a motherfucking Fill license. out a fucking multiple choice questionnaire. No, so most people do, but I was, yeah, I, I had said, oh, you know, I did a tandem jump like, you know, 100 years ago, sometime in Europe. And they were like, yeah, don't worry about it. So then you you, you do a, like a day of, I don't know, the stuff that they need to do where they tell you how hectic it's going to get and things that could go wrong and what you need to think about. And then you put on your little learning jumpsuit and your parachute, which is the biggest parachute ever, and you go up and your first jump you're with two instructors so they support you basically the whole way and from there obviously you just become increasingly more independent in sure. your jump. I can't remember. I think it's technically like 10 jumps or whatever to. Okay, so not that many. I yeah, always thought like it was like in the to, hundreds but I guess. No, no. So you've got to, I'm going to get it wrong but for, yeah, from memory I think it's your, your 10 jumps but you've got to do each. Like you've got to meet certain criteria for each jump and demonstrate that you can right. do a particular thing. Okay. So it's a minimum of. 10, 10, 12, whatever. Yep. Not very much. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, lot a lot less than I thought it would be. Yeah. In terms of how hectic it is. That's yeah. What's unfolding. Yeah. And so then from there you can, you know, increase your development to get a series of other different licenses and stuff like that. Okay. So I did that uh, and was, you know, going out every weekend and jumping out of perfectly good aeroplanes and it was incredible and I really, really loved it and people were always asking, are you going to get back into skydiving? And I would absolutely love to. Um, I just, yeah, not there yet. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I had one day um, and I was, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I was, I was totally killing it and we're getting, you know, n- not bad. I was, it was never going to be the best, but... Uh, not the best, but still good. Yeah. And then. So, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean by that? How do you get good? Like, as in terms of like landing on the fucking perfect mark, or like, what? How do you get? Oh, good? I was so bad at that. Yeah, they oh. have like big <laughs> X's on the ground. They always tried to land on it. I think they yeah. did it like once. So, or twice. so what do you mean getting good? Just like as in nailing the whole process? Or yeah, well, yeah, the whole process. The, yeah. So the actual jumping out of the plane, like I could nail that. Like I wasn't scared, and not that anyone who skydives mm. is, but. That part was awesome and then the floating around without your canopy out was amazing because it's not really much you can screw up. You're just yeah. letting gravity do its job and yeah. falling towards the ground. Um, that part was amazing and I thought I wasn't too bad at that. And the part that did scare me was, you know, you obviously eventually have to pull your canopy and that part was just always really scary for me yeah. because I think I had, you know, there's a lot of dick measuring going on uh, like out of the drop zone so – you know, it's almost like the smaller your canopy, the bigger your dick. And okay. so, right. yeah. So, just, wait, do you mean by canopy as in like? Like your parachute, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Why wouldn't so, you just want to get one that fucking works? works? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of stuff to it. But, yeah, okay. Um, I it's liked, like the club and it's just like when it's below fucking one square meter, you're a true G or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, that's literally yeah, okay. like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Fucking so, hell, that's interesting. Um, I guess it's like that in anything though, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. Cars or yeah, whatever. Like, Absolutely. It always has to be a fucking dick measuring competition. Yeah. 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 And especially um, when you're doing an activity that's, you know, 90% yeah. boys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it was great. And then I had, yeah, one one fateful jump um, that turns out that the crash wasn't my fault. Uh, I jumped out and I've got it all on GoPro. I thought it was still on my phone, but I checked before and it's not. 
Um, so I was wearing a GoPro and yeah. it was comforting for me to watch it, the video, like while I was still in hospital because, you know, I kept thinking, you know, it was my fault. And I'm right. always like, you know, he's yeah, that so, so, yeah. so in, on this day you were jumping with how many other people? So I, yeah, I think I was just jumping out with, yeah, the, like my skydiving friend who I did, you know, most of my jumps with, Jace, and, you know, we jumped out together and, yeah. um, he, I'm pretty sure he, he was filming like on his GoPro, like he had eyes on me basically the whole time, but, um, you know, cause he's like bigger than me and I think again had a smaller canopy when it got to the point that, you know, we'd pulled our shoots and we're trying to get to the ground safely. He'd would always, you know, get to the ground first. And then I, in the GoPro, I don't actually remember the crash at all. In the GoPro footage I did what I usually did where, you know, you look at the wind sock and I could see it was totally flaccid, like there was no wind. Um, then I look at the big X on the ground that I used to always aim for and I'm looking at the wind sock again and then I, um, I look up and oh, you can kind of see my perspective bounce a bit. Uh, which is strange because the windsocks totally dead. So, so what's yeah. a, what's a, what's a windsock? What's what's you that? Know, like those windsocks that you see. So that's giving you an idea of like where the wind is going. Oh, do you mean like on the floor? Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, I thought you meant yeah. something that was on your. No, body. no, no, no. It's just one that they like, right, in the middle right. Of okay, so that's what. The, so that's when you know to like face a certain way. Yeah, or? so you know okay. like which way the wind's going. Yeah, and yeah, because yeah, yeah. you want to land into the wind, which I also usually screwed up and had pretty hard. Hectic landings. Right. Um, but I think this time I was actually doing not so bad. Uh, however, then, yeah, they reckon I was about um, three-ish stories off the ground and uh, which is obviously from my, you know, perspective of my GoPro. I'm, I'm looking up and I can see my parachute kind of uh, like bouncing, kind of folding a bit and uh, then, you know, I, I look up again and you can just see it fold completely in half. And, um, yeah, then I looked down and, you know, three seconds later, uh, like, I again, I don't remember it, but from the looks of the GoPro footage, I, yeah, hit the deck pretty hard so and the GoPro at, falls out. you didn't hit at terminal velocity, obviously. It wouldn't have been at that Yeah, I was going to say, that's like, yeah. that would be... If I, was, if I hadn't pulled my shoot. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. I would have reached. So you pulled your shoe, it kind of, like, bent up and didn't... Well, I was, I was, or? it was fine. Like the canopy was fine. It was just that they suspect that I got caught in some sort of weird kind of whirlwindy type right. thing. That, yeah. So I don't know, the wind of that folded my canopy in half. And yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then Fucking I. Fucking hell. Yeah, right. Hit the deck. So yeah, I don't remember it at all. I had uh, like basically broke all of my bones. Shit. Um, so even your back? Yeah, it was like I think a couple of vertebrae. Um, my I look like I've had a cesarean. I've got this giant scar across my stomach now because my pelvis was in so many pieces. Jesus Christ. Um, I've got like, I mean, you can see the scar there. I've got like metal all through my wrist. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the biggest, like most annoying break that I had was my femur, which is obviously the yeah. biggest bone in your body. Yeah. So I smashed mine up, but my femur, it was a compound fracture. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, so it's it, in half. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. went through my skin and through my jumpsuit and was oh, probably oh, like dude. lying in the dirt getting covered in ants or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then obviously as well as a result, like I was wearing my helmet, but um, yeah, smacked my head pretty hard and had a brain injury as well as a wow. result. Yeah, so. So have you noticed any long-term like brain? It's, like, yeah, of, very yeah? interesting that you mentioned that because that – I. 
suspect we'll probably be talking a fair bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So yes and no. Um, yeah. <laughs> the short answer, yes. Yeah, okay. So, bra- you know, brain injury affects people. Like, And again, if we talk about spectrums, it's different for everyone. But so I got helicoptered to um, the Royal Adelaide Hospital. I uh, was put in an induced coma. Right. Uh, How long for? Uh, I always forget because I've got a brain injury. It was a while. No, yeah, joking, okay. Yeah, it was, it was like a while because I remember stressing. Six weeks. Fuck, six weeks. I think, yeah, yeah, maybe nearly a couple of months. I can't Holy remember. Holy shit. So was, this was yeah. fucking like. What was crazy as well is that I read the brief article and was like, oh, my God, that's fucking crazy and had no idea because obviously they're not like naming names in the article. They're just like this thing happened and I was like, that is so insane the way the article made it out. And I remember I was telling people that I work with, I was like, man, this fucking thing happened. Like how scary would that be? And then over the next day or so, I just saw mutual friends of ours like making like cryptic, not <laughs> intentionally cryptic, but just like making statuses about, you know, something horrible happening or something so scary happening or, you know, that mm. they're sending their love or their thoughts and it didn't, you know, tag you in it or do anything. And it like took me a while. And then I started, saw three or four of them and I was like, hold on a fucking second. Yeah. And then I messaged one of them and I was like, what is this about? And then they said the thing that it was. And then I'm like going back and reading the articles again with like a completely fresh perspective Fuck on yeah. what had actually happened. And it was just so insane. Um, that is absolutely to- fucking insane. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was in an induced coma for a while. It's interesting, um, like Laurie and I joke about it now, but at the time what I do kind of remember of hospital because I was, you know, fueled up with so many different types of drugs, I thought I was on like a cruise ship for ages. Okay. Yeah, and so then like. The diamond princess out there. (laughs) (laughs) And then I kind of like started to, you know, maybe have a bit more of awareness of what was going on around me. So I was like, no, well, this is obviously a hospital cruise ship. Yeah. And some of. I know, right? At least you're hanging on to that reality. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because, um, you know, talking to people after the fact, they were like, well, it's lucky that you're having such a good trip because some people, you know, when they're drugged up on whatever they use, have a horrible time. Yeah. And I know, like, I don't remember, my sister was telling me one of her visits, like I was, you know, trying to tell her that, um, like the room next door to me was on fire and like I was really, really panicked about it and I was like, you know, there's a fire over there and yeah, right. I was getting really pissed off that no one was reacting to yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was like, what's the fucking fire out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so most of the time I was on my hospital cruise ship. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so I know you say you don't think you remember it, but do you remember at all uh, any near-death experience kind of like things at all or was it just – Kind of, you remember being in the sky, and then you remember da- like this Daisy, like you know, fucking diamond princess experience, and then you start coming back to. So I, for a good while, didn't re- because of the brain injury. When I, you know, when they were, did start asking me questions, um, obviously Laurie, you know, was paying a visit, and they were like, "Who's this guy?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, it's my boyfriend," and he was like, "We're married." Yeah, okay. um, <laughs> yeah, and they would ask me, you know, they were like, "Who's the?" Prime Minister, and I said John Howard. Yeah, oh my okay. God. That was a few years ago, right? That's gone back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. Were, I don't know if you understand how young we were when he was the fucking <laughs> yeah, Prime Minister. We were like fucking 10. No. You well, shouldn't have had a boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and also had John Howard as the Prime Minister. But it was it was inconsistent, some of my memories. They asked, yeah. and because they were testing, you know, what, what my 
capacity was at that stage and so they would ask me you know have you got any pets and I was like yeah yeah I've got a dog and you know I think probably my family were like oh good she remembers that and they're like well you know what's your dog's name and then I said Ricky yeah and Ricky you know Ricky yeah. oh may he rest in peace so Ricky yeah. was my golden retriever who died years ago yeah but in my head you know I was like yeah yeah Ricky like I can't wait yeah. to see him oh, and yeah. then yeah and so then I had to mourn the death of Aww. Ricky all over again and but then you know Laurie was like no 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 like we've got Lucy now yeah and, okay and it was almost it was interesting because like as people said things to me uh it was almost just like my brain had to tick over for a bit and I was like oh yeah of course yeah and that was you know so interesting I think when I was out of hospital like I'd bump into someone and I would recognize them and be like, who the fuck is this yeah, guy? Like I've got yeah. absolutely no idea. And so then they would start talking, you know, at me about something and I'd kind of have to piece things together and be like, right, like yeah. I used to work with that guy. That's how I know him. Full on. Mm. So there was like a period of time there that almost didn't get erased but like kind of like well, got taken back from your forefront of like. Yeah. yeah. I mean some of it I think as well and even now, you know, like someone would mentioned something like, oh, you remember that one time, something, something, something. Um, and, yeah, like it's just still not there. But yeah. things keep coming back. It's actually, yeah. I mean, and, you know, to add light to it, people would ask me like, oh, you know, do you even, like do you even remember your your wedding? And I like to joke about the fact that I didn't remember anyway because I was so drunk. Yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, yeah, so at least now I have an excuse. Yeah, that's it, that's it. <laughs> it's so, look, I mean, the, the thing that I spoke to you about today and I guess why I wanted to talk about this, not just because it's a fucking insane story, but, like, it's something that has blown me away. When we first caught up after everything, which, again, like, the obviously I know that you're, you know, struggling with short-term memory stuff and obviously your leg is fucking a massive issue or whatever, but you, if you just hung out with you, or just met you, you would have no fucking idea. Mm. And that's not just because you look completely fine or whatever. Like you just – the way you carry yourself is something that I take a lot of like uh, like something to remind myself of like, you know, just one of those things where you're just like – like I said with my dad. My dad has always been a big thing of like if he's someone who, you know, broke his neck when he was 12 in a complete freak accident, you know, they – were doing a fireman's carry drill at school and the guy accidentally dropped him off his shoulders and oh he broke his gosh. neck, spent two years in hospital. Um, they operated too early, which is why they did all the nerve damage, which is why he's like yeah. pretty much paralysed down one side. And, you know, after coming through that, has just always had like a positive outlook on life, always found mm. a way to forge ahead. So he is someone that I've taken a lot of that, like whatever you're facing right now isn't a big deal when there's people that are doing these amazing things despite mm -hmm. the things that they've overcome. Um, and then your story is something that I take a lot from as well because that night when we first hung out and, you know, it, it is something where when there's someone who you um, have a lot of love for and you've always had such an appreciation for and they've gone through something horrific, like, you know, it's it's emotional for everyone. And then you trying to, like, make me watch that fucking video on your phone <laughs> of your crash. And I was like... I didn't want to fucking. I didn't want to look at it because yeah, you know because I mean? you're my friend, intense. someone I care about. I'm. Like, I don't want yeah. to see it, and you're like, watch it. <laughs> but it was just, it was crazy to me how. And then I mean, that was quite recent. Like I mean, now we're mm. looking at probably nearly a year again later after that catch up. Mm. Um, and I guess as time goes on, you you process things better, and you you know uh, improve, and and everything starts to become slowly easier. But that wasn't that long. Like you were only that was one of your first beers. I remember you were saying that you'd had, yeah, or at least a pub or a beer out at a pub kind of. Yeah, thing I wasn't had. allowed to drink for a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so and you were just so like, 
chilled. Like it was just a thing. It was a thing. You weren't letting it define you. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like, it's super inspirational that you didn't let it fuck. Because there could have been a lot of people that could have been like, I've fucking broken everything. I don't remember anything. I'm fucking having all these problems and they could have spiraled down mm. from there. But you, you're extremely well spoken. You're extremely nice. You've got, you, you got a really good job and you're, you're focused on. So you obviously haven't let it like take control of your life and that's super fucking inspirational. Mm. Hey? I'm that's, sure you have your days. Yeah, sure like and I was a sinking well. ship for a hot minute um, and like I think especially going through brain injury rehab, you are surrounded by people, like, it's pretty depressing. Okay, so the, <laughs> the environment is what made it depressing? Well, that, but also, you know, you've got a whole bunch of people who are impacted in different ways. And, like, I know just at the time, like, the cohort of people that were there going through rehab at the same time as me uh, were, you know, significantly more impacted by their brain injury than I was. Right. And seeing, so, you know, I saw people like walking into walls or like, oh, full mean, on, like licking the table or just, you know, like they yep. just didn't really know like who they were or, um, and so being around that, you know, really got me thinking because, and like Laurie was great through the whole thing because, um, you know, and my mum was like that, my parents live interstate, but my mum was down for a lot of it. And it was really, you know, helpful and grounding for me to have them there because, you know, they knew me before and then they also knew me recovering. Yeah. And, you know, I was watching people really, really, really struggle. And for me, you know, especially working in the disability sector for all these years, like I'd always wondered, I'm like, what is their reality of what's actually going on for them? Like do they know how much they're struggling or do they feel fine? And so then I was really critical of myself yeah. and thinking, you know, do I feel like I'm talking normally or do I feel like I'm behaving normally where someone else might be looking at me and wondering, you know, what the fuck I'm on about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's yeah. such an insane like perspective giver when you've gone through something like mm. that to actually be able to be so, like. So, so you were working in disability before this accident and then you've recovered yeah. and now you're still working in it? Yeah. Do you think that changed the way that you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like I grow up and mature and, you know, we learn from our experiences and I think it's in a way fortunate that I work in the sector than I, that I do because my experience has made me so much better at my job for sure because... You know, I didn't think that I was bad at it before, but I had absolutely no idea what it was like to go yeah. through recovery or I had no idea what it was like to, you know, be discriminated against or... Which, I mean, it's not a good way to get on-the-job experience, no, by the way. No. Like, not the ideal no. thing. We're not going to suggest that you no. should go and free-fall almost from three stories high to, to become yeah. better, but I guess... But I think know, where I'm going with that is, you know, I'm quite the optimist in terms of... Like it's fucking shit <laughs> and I could be miserable. And even now, um, and you could probably verify this, Justin, but, you know, I've always been quite the empath and, you know, I'm constantly sympathetic of like literally everyone and mm -hmm. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas now, you know, I feel like I've kind of built resilience but it's also hardened me up a bit because, you know, I'm, you know, still super supportive of all my clients but sometimes like I have friends around me who – will try and complain about something 
and I'm always happy to, and they're probably, you know, maybe you guys are listening now. <laughs> you know who you are. Anyway, no, you don't. You're yeah. <laughs> Never call me again. Um, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, oh, I fucked that up. Anyway. Oh, uh, that's funny. <laughs> Welcome to Wormholes. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to wormholes. You Shit. make friends and fucking lose them on this That's podcast. all right. We'll edit it out. We'll make you sound perfect. <laughs> no, <laughs> fucking yeah. raw. Screw those guys. No, but I think what I'm saying is that, like now that I feel like I've actually gone through something, I'm very much aware of when people, you know, and everyone's experiences impact them differently. But there are some things where there is, to put it simply, there's you're just wasting your time complaining about it. Yeah. Or if it's something that can be fixed, just fucking fix just it. Fix Definitely. It. Yeah. But people love to, you know, sit and moan. And I've never really been like that. And so I could have, yeah. you know, the accident could have, really, really impacted me and my mental health, which it did for quite some time. But, you know, I have always been quite the optimist and if anything I've just tried to make it add value to my life. And you didn't let it win, which yeah. is the ultimate thing. He's like you didn't let it win. It could have. You could have been a victim. You could have used it as an excuse. Mm, but I totally you, did a few you, times. Yeah, but I'm saying like <laughs> in you general. You get some fucking leeway. Yeah, God, yeah. you do get Jesus. some leeway. But like in yeah. general with your life, like you could have gone, I'm not going to achieve anything and then blamed on that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I've and seen you would have been would kind that. of perfectly okay too. Like no yeah. one would have thought any less if you did, which mm. is what makes your approach, demeanor and attitude about it so amazing and inspirational for me. Because mm. this is what you were just saying. This is one of the best pieces of advice I ever got was like if you if it's out of your control, then it's not worth worrying about. If it's in your control, fucking change it. There's no middle ground between yeah. those two things, right? Yeah, there, and, and that's how so I live many people that, in different words. <laughs> yeah, but that's right. There's so many people that don't abide by that, which is such a simple thing. The other thing I wanted to talk about is that, and I think that this is probably a lesson that you've taken out of is that I kind of feel like you, and you can tell me I'm fucking wrong, but I felt like when I knew you, you were very much like so focused on like work and it was just like that. It was almost consuming at times how much you were dedicated to your, what you were doing, which was amazing and you were advancing and you were doing all of these things, but I felt like you didn't take enough time to just fucking live life at times mm. right and i feel like definitely from our conversations that we've had post the the fucking accident that you've been like i'm not gonna let myself do that anymore yeah. yes i'm focused and i want to do this eventually or go and do this phd or go and do this masters but i'm not gonna let that ever come at the uh, expense of just mm. fucking enjoying this very finite uh, amount of time that we have on this earth, particularly when yeah. you have in a way been gifted a, a second chance. And that's always been something that I've done myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I still don't fucking own a house. I'm, I, you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that a lot of other people have achieved. But in terms of where I feel I'm at, in terms of rich experience in my life, I feel like I'm fucking miles ahead of a lot of people mm. because I've always focused on, um, you know, the things I love being able to look back and have like an absolute fucking quintillion amazing memories that I can talk about on this podcast or that we can share when we're having a beer, things that can make people laugh, things that I look back and, and smile fondly on. That's what I've focused on on mm. doing a lot, you know. Whilst I, at times in the past, I didn't balance it well enough and I probably should have been more focused on my development, but I still look back now at not even quite 30 yet and I'm 
I'm just so happy with how much I focused on, you know, filling my life with things that I look back and 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 be so fond of because I just find that there's a lot of people like I've got friends in my life now that are have just turned 30 and they are, you know, they they're married, house, kids and you can you can tell that they're starting to be like what the fuck do I do yeah. next? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like there's nothing wrong with that and I'm not saying there's anything wrong. But for me personally, that wasn't my goal. It wasn't just to be like I'm going to tick off all the fucking bucket list items in mm. terms of like what people perceive as life achievements, which is fucking house, kids, marriage, whatever. Um, I've just been trying to have awesome and fun and amazing experiences um, and then bat- like get the right balance of like also work hard and, and be whatever. Yeah. So it's just cool that I feel that you have had a bit of a new lease on like that balance for yourself as well and being like I need to make sure that I'm not fucking just tunnel vision to something that, mm. as you kind of found out, <laughs> didn't end up giving yeah. you any fucks. When- and you've always had that strength and it's something that I've always valued in you and I've certainly needed to learn that lesson perhaps, you know, it would have been nice to learn it in a different <laughs> way. In a different yeah. way, for sure. But uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, Laurie's always telling me to slow the fuck down and just sit, which yeah. like I'm not very good at. And you know, I, I live a very fast-paced life, and and often it is to my own detriment because it doesn't leave me space to actually value the you know moments that I have. And you know, as as a, we now know. <laughs> We any of us could die at any second, and so it would just be nice to enjoy the moments that you have as they're happening instead of constantly trying to look forwards to what you know you may have in the future or yeah. what you know or what you're missing out on or yeah that's yeah. it because then yeah. that causes anxiety as well yeah absolutely yeah we put you know especially in this day and age we put so much pressure on ourselves which I think you know, then does lead to, you know, mental illness or whatever because, you know, we see someone on Instagram who's appears to be living this incredible life and, you know, we're constantly chasing that. So when we're not actually enjoying the moments that we are having that are so yeah. rich, yeah. so valuable and even if it is just, you know. Existing. Yeah, yeah like hanging exist. out with your snotty kid or whatever or like, I don't know, like fucking walking my dog. Which yeah. Is, that's it. Something I love the most. And it's something that I always talk about. Like I feel like so many people place happiness in a future state, yeah. right? So they're like, when I do this, I am no, I'm going to finally feel relaxed or when I get this or when I save this or when I get to do that trip or whatever it is. And so like you are so focused on that goal that not only does it end up not delivering that like endorphin and mm. metaphysical payoff that you expect it to when you get there, you've just fucking not enjoyed every moment yeah, that's moment. led up to it. Yeah, and it's all um, about the journey to be honest. Yeah. It really is all about the journey. Yes, it's good to eventually like get a house or whatever or make all these achievements. You should have goals. You like, should have goals, not that's for sure. Goals, but it's but you've got to be able like, to slow down like you were saying mm. and like actually understand that like the process of getting there is just as important as the actual goal Absolutely. itself. And I, I had to, le- like, I literally had to fall out of the sky and yep. fucking land on my head to learn that. Yeah. And it was incredibly testing for me because, you know, the recovery from that kind of accident, like, I've never been patient. I am the most impatient mm. person that you will ever meet. And it forced you to learn. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm pretty, definitely, <laughs> I'm controlling. Not in like a weird controlling way, I think. Anyway, um, but 
things that are within my control, like I just like to be so prepared for or, you know, organize things so it's it's flawless and, yeah. you know, achieve outcomes as quick as possible. Living this fast-paced life, you know, that perhaps I wasn't able to enjoy as much as I possibly should have. And then, you know, being put in a position where I was – nothing was in my control. Yeah. I was forced to do everything at the pace of, you know, the health and disability sector in my recovery. And like, even yeah. – I remember, sorry to cut you off, but I remember talking to you and you getting frustrated by how much better you felt and them making you snails pace it, like which, mm. you know, like so you were being like, I'm fucking ready and you're they're like, no, well, you've got to so do did, this. Did, yeah. did that make you feel like they, 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 that whole system was holding you back at one point? Like you would recover to oh, a certain speed? Yeah. 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 But, you know, I reflect now and – you know, I was thinking that I was ready to like. I remember being in hospital. I couldn't even like fucking walk at that stage. Yeah. But I was already talking about you know my return to work and you know what that was going to look like. And and that was the problem is that whilst you, it was good to be feeling as good as you were and ready. Like the the them slowing you down kind of had to humble you a little bit mm. and be like, I can just fucking chill for another second. Yeah. And then get to it when I get to it. Like it's not the yeah. fucking end of the world if I'm just doing this thing and even though you know it's not like it's the most relaxing fucking process ever <laughs> but it had to teach you that some there's going to be points in your life where you just have to fucking calm the fuck down for a mm. second and just like let things happen as they need to happen yeah um yeah which is crazy and look this is why i wanted to fucking have you on because it wasn't <laughs> just about um and this i was when i messaged you about it i was like look we don't even have to fucking talk about this but i wanted to because it's not that that happened to you and it's like wow man that's fucking crazy yeah, it it's doesn't like, define you i guess it's yeah the, it's the what i've seen you do from that that has been so inspirational for me oh, thanks, um <laughs> and like i've always appreciated you as a human being we've always got along so well and that's what i mean like Erica will tell you like when I came when I spoke to her I left work that day after I just put two and two together and I was talking to her on the way home and I was just such an emotional wreck because I was just like it couldn't fucking happen to a nicer person but then like I feel less about that now because even though I know you're going through like pain and shit like that with your actual physical thing but I feel like your life now and your approach to it and your uh, perception and everything is the best I've ever seen it, mm. which is insane to think of when you've gone through what you've gone through. And I think that's what I take the most out of it is that like you have – not that I'm saying that you had some broken outlook on the mm -hmm. world or whatever before, but to to be the person who I always loved so much before, then go through this and then somehow evolve into a better person, a <laughs> version of yourself post going through something like that. I mean, what excuse does anyone fucking have? That's the whole. That's the way mm. I see it. Whenever I'm feeling, I'm like, you don't get to be fucking pissy about this or whatever because you literally don't really have a justification. Like we all do at different times. Yeah. But it's just something that I use. And like I said with my dad's story, they're just things that I like to, you know, keep on the walls of my mind as like let these be constant reminders that you don't need to let this thing get you down or whatever or or, or prevent you from just enjoying this moment. Because as you as you said, that's always my focus. So I'm, I'm always trying to find ways to like bring myself back to being like, 
just fucking chill out and just like mm. enjoy this for whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, I just think I just wanted to thank you for your awesomeness and for <laughs> coming on today and for sharing this all with us and talking about your work and talking about everything that you've been through. It's been already one of my favourite episodes I've ever done. I'm yeah, it's sure been really good. Can, oh, thanks, guys. I'm sure you will concur with that. But before we finish, we've got the we questions. need to That's do this. That's what I was just about to oh, okay. segue yeah. into. Whip this shit out. Yeah. Whip this shit out. Go for it. So, so every... Every uh, guest that we have on. Have you listened to any of our guest yeah, episodes? Yeah, oh, yeah. So she knows oh, what's coming knows. a little bit. Oh, but I've got a brain injury, so I can't remember. Ah, <laughs> yes. All right. She so, remembers the first three quarters of the episodes. Yeah. But the <laughs> well, then she's like, who are you guys? Yeah. What the fuck did I get in this house? Um, it's like, oh, there's red tins though. Oh, there's red tins. That's good enough for me. So I'm the first one we're going to start off with is if you could have one superpower, what would it be? She's like, well, if I could fly, well, that yeah, would have been fucking helpful. <laughs> I would like to be able to fly. Uh, being able to go, oh, see, being able to go back in time would be like a blessing, but also a curse. Yeah. Um, reading minds would also be a blessing. Mm, also and a curse. A, yeah, I don't yeah, want to know. Some yeah. people. No, no. no let's Especially just go about with me. Flying. You're gonna yeah, go flying. Yeah, I just yeah. Think cool, flying cool. With, All right, with, sweet. Without having to crash on the ground. Yeah, yeah that's no it. shoot required. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah that's it. Control. That would be. Oh, that would be really cool. Actually. <laughs> all right, favorite song of all time. We love this question. This is a good. So fucking difficult. Mm. Favorite song. If you can't think we, of one, we'll give you, you give three. us a top three. You can yeah. give us a top no, three. Well, I actually, oh, I never know if I'm proud of it or if it makes me just look like a bit of a. She's like, want to be my Spice Girl. Yeah, right. It's just <laughs> always. Fuck, now I can't say that one, Justin. <laughs> um, I have always been a huge fan of just. Death Cab for Cutie, the band in general. And I think yeah. if anyone was like, oh, pick a Death Cab for Cutie song, everyone always picks whatever the fuck it's called, Passenger Seat. No, Passenger no. Seat. What's it whatever it's called. I'm thinking that Follow You Into the Dark one. Is that the one? Is that them? Fuck, I mate, I don't even know. Yeah, that's Follow actually their like total the banger. Yeah, yeah, that's that the one, one that, yeah. <laughs> that one's very been, emo. Like yeah. very, if you look at like yeah, songs yeah. that the people say as emo, Death Cab for Cutie. Those lyrics will fucking get you. I'll go that one, yeah. Yeah? Okay. (laughs) Cool. All right. Is there one conspiracy that you believe in? Oh, my gosh, because Laurie makes me believe in all of them. Because <laughs> <laughs> Justin and Laurie talk oh about all God. of them. And that's now, legendary. That's yeah, legendary. The government's after us, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Fuck Rona. We have yeah. been like fuck so – this is oh, the thing is that we've, so we've had all these guests. Now. We've had all these guests and we've not been able to like get real fucking tin foily. but I'm looking forward to next week. Even if we've got to do a fucking oh. video one, I'm going to bust out the fu- – I'll wear a tinfoil hat. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll wear a tinfoil fedora if I Yes, have to, like, bro. I'm going to whip one of those up. All right. So is there one that just like I guess sticks out to you as like there's no way that this isn't fucking dodgy as fuck um, that you can think of? One that just seems One that Laurie's bullshit. talked to you about and you're like, yeah, goddamn, son. Uh, there was some, we were having a bit of an in-depth conversation about like the Lolita Express and like okay. shit that's happened. No, I, don't yeah. know. I don't think you got stuck into it. Anyway, yeah. I never, as yeah, much we, as I love Laurie, I did tune out. So it's yeah. Like, yeah. yeah Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that is a pretty dark topic. Mm. It is. And it's one that. Children, is, sex. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not something yeah. we should even have to fucking talk about as in like this. <laughs> not at all. Thing. I guess that's not the thing when all. people are like, oh, those people going on about that. Like you make it sound like we are enjoying that we're trying to bring fucking or shed yeah. some light on something that is clearly there's some fuckery going on, right? We're not talking when, about it because we like fucking talking about it. No, like, we're talking about it because we're like, hey, this might be a thing and we should all be fucking asking questions about mm. it instead of just being like, yeah. I don't know. That's it. Blindness is so easy though. 
Yeah. Um, so is there a conspiracy then that you think is a load of shit? That's the next question. Is there one that you just think, wow, why do people get caught up on this? Uh, I heard one about Obama the other day. Oh, yes. Okay, here we go. What, no, it was something to do with, oh, no, I can't remember the, deal, the details. Was it him it being was... from actually born in Kenya and that he is not actually American and should have never been eligible to be president? And he's married to a man? Yeah, and that he's married to a man. Michelle's got a dick, apparently. I've never heard of that. Never heard that one. A, yeah, yeah. Wow, that one's a pretty big that's one. But now that I one. have. It's a, it's a huge yeah, one, Yeah, she's going to go home and type in Michelle Obama's penis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now that I have heard that one, yeah, that that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. cool, cool, cool. All right, there's two more questions. Have you ever meditated? Uh, Well, I try, but I have a busy brain and I'm not very good, so... Yeah, like a handful of times. I've yeah, but been. never successfully to the point where you recognise like that you went into floated that. off the ground and shit. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. Has anyone ever answered yes to that? I've yeah, done it personally. Yeah, like, yeah. We well, mm. we obviously talked about it a lot. Andy said last week that he has because he was talking about how much it helps him with um, his anxiety. And yeah, a few people yeah, kind of right. more than I expected to be okay. honest. Yeah, like I've actually um, had an out of body experience. From meditating. So interesting. It was pretty scary. It kind of seems like something yeah. that you would benefit from mm. trying your hand at more. Because as you said, the very yeah. busy mind thing, which seems like the absolute penultimate coupling yeah, when trying that's it, to meditate meditating. sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I should um, give it a red hot go. And there's this thing called binaural beats, which I use as well, where if you've got a pair of headphones, you can download these apps. Bin- what? It sounds binaural. like anal beads. Whoa. Anal bead beats. <laughs> where it's just like <laughs> the, what are they, the, the Taiwanese rip starter. Yeah. Like. <laughs> no, that's what they call binaural. And um, you have you gotta you gotta use headphones because what happens is one frequency goes in one ear, one frequency goes in the other, and the difference between the frequencies. So let's say one's a five hertz, one's a ten hertz. Mm. There's a five hertz difference. The difference in that frequency um, encourages brain waves of that difference. So. Uh, around five hertz would be alpha or beta or something like that. And then as you go lower, you go down to like two hertz is like delta. And then that's where in like deep sleep. So it encourages that brain cycle. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it it helps me anyway. So, Mm. yeah. I mean, I'm interested in it, but yeah, my yeah. my busy brain is just telling me to yeah. <laughs> like not bother. But Fair enough. yeah, I would I would love to have that experience when you get sure. a minute, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Do you want to tell her the the, the final the one? final question? Yes, our favorite question uh, is: Would you rather fight? Now I know you're vegan, so which the, this is the thing. Every, you know, vegans get a bad rap, but you just did a podcast for an hour and a half and didn't mention veganism one time. <laughs> yeah. so oh, really? I'm going proud of you. Oh, <laughs> did you. you guys know I was a vegan? Uh, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. There you well, go. I'd see, there you go. So but know. did you know that I'm a vegan, right? <laughs> I do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so would you rather have a small scuffle, right, with <laughs> a uh, a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Hang wait, sorry, a horse-sized <laughs> So duck. a giant fucking or like a, stallion duck or a hundred little miniature <laughs> ducks. the way he's horses. framing the question because he knows that my answer is opposite <laughs> to what his is. <laughs> or uh. little pathetic horses. <laughs> Would you rather fight a duck-sized horse? No, no. And like a horse-sized duck. fight, like obviously like the Nevada State Athletic Commission has like given you the sign-off. Yeah, off. yeah. They all want to be a part of it. There's no animal cruelty. <laughs> Peter's on the sidelines. Yeah, that's right. I'd probably go the, yeah, hundreds of... Yeah, you reckon you can just kick them away? Yeah, because I I say he says he doesn't want to mess with the hundred 
but I don't want to fuck with that duck, bro. I think that yeah. Yeah. Look, it, it all it all depends because look, if it's one dumb as doornails duck that's just big. What if it's a side duck? You, you right? just what if oh, that it's a side duck. Like, what if that motherfucker's about to like use confusion on oh. me at any moment? <laughs> And I end up hitting myself. Yeah. You could just throw out some loaves of bread or something. Yeah. Distract them with little bits of bread. You can't distract 100 horses, man. And not at the moment we can't get any fucking bread because everyone's panic buying. Yeah, Uh, right. uh, It's actually like I was standing in the car park of a Gawler shops because me and Erica were like contemplating of going into a restaurant that we decided at the last minute not to go in because it was busy. And so as we were standing there, we just watched like a stream of people, like toilet paper, toilet paper, mm, toilet paper. This dude. was on Monday night before we even knew we were going into – it just doesn't make any fucking sense to me that no, like, we just had yeah. this like – anyway. Um, anyway, because we'll save that for next week because next yeah, week we're jumping we're in the get, conspiratorium, hopefully already, on live, live stream. That would so. be, that would be very yeah. cool. People getting to stare at our absolutely beautiful faces. For but we're not – for the probably. first time – I think yeah, for the first time we're not actually going to be sitting across this table no, from each other. we're just going to be looking at a so. screen of each other. So it's going to be exciting. So um, thank you so much. For yeah. No, thanks for coming thanks on. Thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate it. Um, you're the first female guest, so you get to female hold that honorary. Female identifying. Female identifying. Uh, vegan guest. guest. Vegan. First vegan. Oh, is she, uh, I think you are the first vegan guest. Oh, wait, hold rookie. a minute. No, Rook nah, Rookie's not a vegan, vegan. anymore. And he I tried. And he is. So, yeah, first, first vegan. Oh, there you go. Um, so you will hold those titles forever. Yes. And <laughs> look, we're going to have to have you back on in the future. When yeah. you get your master's, you're going to have to come back and just yeah. be like – Talk down to us for a couple of mm, hours. Talk down to us for a Fantastic. Yeah. I'm great um, at shitting on people. Yeah. And yourself, <laughs> and yourself. Which I don't yeah. want to yeah, hear any more of that. Right? <laughs> I want to hear only positivity onwards and upwards. Um, look, everyone, as usual, uh, do your thing. Tell us how amazing this episode was because I know it was fucking amazing and I know you motherfuckers are too. So um, let us know your thoughts. If you've got any questions that you want us to yeah, pass on. Yeah, fling them on. Uh, Mel here, then we're happy to to provide that segue of conversation. For sure. And uh, yeah, as we said, next week might be a bit of a weird one because uh, for our non-South Australian mm. listeners, um, we're about to head into fucking retarded lockdown mm. 2.0. Um, Wouldn't want to get a runny nose again, you know. No, no, that's right. <laughs> this is the thing. I love how, like, because as it came into hay fever season, everyone's like getting so panicky. About, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. They're like, they're like, they're walking around with their Zyrtec as like a hay fever <laughs> license. I was like, no, 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 no. no I got a Zyrtec, bros. <laughs> they're, they're on Google. Does coronavirus get red eyes? Yeah. Like. Um, so yeah, we might be doing something a bit different next week, but um, yeah. Yeah. Make sure you hit follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of these places you're listening and thank you very much. It's nice meeting you. Thanks. Bye. Take guys. care. Peace. Bye.